you guys. Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to Let It Out with me. I'm your host, Katie Dalebout. We're supposed to be on a break, but I have a couple things I wanted to tell you about. And I thought I would do a solo episode, us just hanging out. The meat of this episode will be me reading one of my personal essays that I wrote for The Fullest, a magazine I write for and love. And this article was published in their addiction edition, which is their volume that came out this summer of 2018. But I wrote this essay about exactly a year ago about an experience I had about a year and a half ago, which was my first hangover. The article was entitled when I wrote it, let's see here. It was called How My First Hangover Taught Me Presence, Got Me Out of My Head, and Made Me a Better Person. But then my wonderful editor renamed it as Is Your Hangover Self Your Best Self? How Katie Dalebout's First Hangover Taught Her Presence, Got Her Out of Her Head, and Made Her a Better Person. As you know, if you listen every week, usually there's a long form interview. That's the bulk of this podcast, the meat if you will, of the sandwich that is this podcast. But today I don't have one of those. And the reason I'm reading this article is because in another solo episode I did, sometimes I do do these solo episodes. Usually I call them my favorite slash gratitudes where I tell you things I'm grateful about and things I'm loving and things I'm learning. And in that I mentioned something I'd written for the fullest. And I asked you guys there if you wanted me to read this article out loud if you hadn't gotten a copy of this volume of their print magazine, which I highly suggest you do. You can get it on their website and I'll make sure the link to that's in the show notes. Again, the magazine I'm going to be reading from is their edition that came out this summer of All About Addiction. And the articles in it are all wonderful. I have a copy of it, obviously. That's what I'll be reading from. But there's an article right after mine that my friend wrote. And it's all about body image and her relationship to not weighing herself anymore. And I highly recommend that one as well. So get your hands on a copy of The Fullest. I love the physical reality of holding a magazine in my hands. I love being able to cut it up if I want and make a collage or have it in my apartment or on my coffee table. I just really enjoy that. And if you do too, you'll love the fullest. There is so much beauty in what she creates, what all of them create, the photography and the design. It's just it's wonderful. I write for them every single month and you can read my online articles I'll put the link in the show notes, but this one is just exclusively in their print edition. So that's why I'm going to be reading it today. And then after I read that, I'll come back with my likes and learns, which is a little segment I've been doing called LNL, where I share something I've been liking and something I've been learning. So let's get into me reading this article. But first, a couple quick things. Happy holiday season. We're here. I can't believe it. Time is so weird. But Quickly, I am doing a workshop at Kripalu over New Year's Eve, and I would so love for you guys to come. If you haven't been to Kripalu, it's this wellness wonderland of a place. They have Ayurvedic food and yoga, and you can hike, and it's in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, and it's pretty easy to get to, especially if you're on the East Coast, and if you're on the West Coast, that would be so cool if you made the trip. 
it's a time of year that I know is very busy for people, but I was thinking about it and a friend told me like, yes, it's very busy, but also people have time off. So it might be a really good time to come. It's almost full. I just heard from Kripalu that so many of you have already signed up and there is a little bit of room left. So I would love for you to come bring a friend, come on your own. It's a great way to meet people meet me. We're going to get to hang out a ton. My boyfriend Nick is going to come. So if you want to bring your boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or a brother or sister or a parent or friend, that would be really great. But also please don't feel afraid to come on your own. A lot of people have been reaching out to me like, I'm not going to know anyone. Is that okay? And that's great. The last time I went to Kripalu, I didn't know anyone. And another time I went with a friend. So Both experiences are different, but really wonderful. And this is going to be a very inclusive spot. I've been writing what I want to teach and what I want to do. It's going to be about remixing your resolution. So we'll be doing a lot of journaling. And basically, I'm taking everything I've learned in 2018 specifically, but also some things from before that, some practices that I've come up with that have helped me to organize my year, organize my intentions remix my resolutions, and hit the ground running in 2019. This is my ideal way to start the new year. I don't know about you, but every time I've made plans for New Year's Eve, they've been disappointing, maybe is the word. They're never exactly as wonderful as I think they're going to be. And I'm cold, and I'm not as happy as I want to be. And one time I made pancakes and stayed in with someone, and that was really lovely. And I think this is maybe the next best thing. And the great thing about Kripalu is we'll be doing the workshop. It's a, there'll be something in the evening on the first day. And then there's on the actual New Year's Eve day, there'll be something in the morning and something in the afternoon, but the evening you can, you know, do whatever you want. And there's a lot of, apparently Kripalu was like bumping at New Year's. So a lot of people there doing a lot of different workshops. So we'll be hanging out and having a big wellness party. And then the next day in the morning, I'll be doing a little bit of a workshop, but we'll be moving and writing and meditating. And it's just going to be a blast. And I would love to see you there. So that's that. And then also this episode is brought to you by my friends at Lola. Lola is this company that I love. I've been using their products for a couple years now, and they are a company founded by women for women. They make the best 100% natural, easy to use period products. So they make tampons and it's great because they're a subscription service. So you never have to worry about running out of tampons and you can order them on your own. They also recently came out with Sex by Lola and they sent me this beautiful package of condoms that are non-toxic and also wipes and they make personal lubricant. It's really great because the FDA doesn't actually require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products. So most of them don't. And Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons and their pads and their liners and their wipes and everything. And most major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester and just stuff you don't want in your vagina, which happens to be the most porous area of your body. So it's really important that you're mindful of what you're, you know, putting in there, all the things. 
And I love Lola because they're 100% organic cotton, no added chemicals or fragrances or synthetics or dyes. I've been using these for a really long time. They have them at the wing, which is where I work out of usually, and I love them so much. Their subscription service is super flexible. You can change it, you can skip it, you can cancel your subscription at any time. And for more information about how easy it is to customize that, that will all be in the show notes and on their website. They offer pads and liners. Everything is BPA free with the plastic that they use. It's great for the environment. They even offer non-applicator tampons, which I think is really great. I love this company so much and you really do good with your purchase because for every purchase you make, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the United States, which I just think is lovely and wonderful. I'm so grateful to work with them and I'm really grateful to you for supporting the sponsors. So if you want to try them out, I've got a discount code for you. It's for 40% off all subscriptions, 40% off. That's almost half off. So just use the code, let it out at checkout. Again, that's 40% off to get your, your kit from Lola. And the code is let it out. Thank you so much, Lola. All right, you guys, let's get cozy. Maybe grab some tea. I'm going to be reading aloud to you. I have no idea how long this will take to read. I'm not good at gauging that, so we'll see. Might be, hopefully it's not too long because I have somewhere to be. So here we go. I recently experienced my first hangover. It's a first often reserved for those in their teens or early 20s. So at 27, it felt like an unexpected and inconvenient rite of passage. I barely sipped a beer in high school and spent the next decade obsessed with wellness and self-care. Even after I'd gotten over of what my fear of alcohol might do to my body, my obsessive behavior didn't leave me with very many friends to go out with even if I wanted to. Aware of my loneliness, I decided to move to New York City, partly wanting a personal reroute and partly longing for an emergence from my isolated, obsessive shell. However, after moving to New York just a few months... I found myself back in my same pattern of isolation for the sake of self-care, in quotes. On a particular Friday, I bailed on plans with friends. In my mind, I told myself I was trading a night of forced interactions for a lone night of face masks, sage, tea, and relaxation. In reality, however, my solo evening consisted of working late, eating a pathetic dinner in my bed, and being left alone with all of the loneliness I had moved to New York City to escape. For some people, an evening in is welcomed and often needed, but not for me. Evenings alone in my room are the norm. They are safe. They are controllable. I basically know exactly how they'll go, and they never surprise me. I know I'll like the food. I know I'll feel comfortable in my clothes. I know I can go to sleep whenever I'm tired. I know with some accuracy how the entire scenario will make me feel. In contrast, an evening out is entirely uncertain. I may not like the food options. Perhaps I'll feel awkward. I might feel uncontrollable physically or socially. Nights out are completely out of my control. And as someone keen on control, putting myself into uncertain situations isn't natural for me. 
I started to question why going out, something that is so fun and pleasurable and innate to so many, feels like such a struggle for me. Psychotherapist Dr. Samantha Boardman says, wellness is not a social enterprise and well-being doesn't occur in a vacuum. We are social creatures and our well-being, both physical and mental, depends on our connections. So why was I avoiding such a healthy and crucial part of being human? I hadn't always been this way. There was a time when I didn't dread going out to meet friends. What changed me from the social being I was as a teenager? The answer, I became an addict. My addiction, self-care, self-improvement, and wellness. That Friday when I bailed on plans with friends for my self-care routine, my addiction became uncomfortably clear. I realized that I was addicted to making myself better because I hadn't fully learned how to accept myself as I am. I lied to my friends and myself that evening saying I needed alone time, but in reality, it was my masochistic addiction to improving myself that kept me at home. My inner monologue went something like this. I have so much work I need to get done at home. I should really meditate this evening since I missed the one this morning. My skin is terrible. I should do a face mask and get more sleep. What if I don't like the food that's offered? Will it be vegan, gluten-free? I should just stay home and prepare a healthy dinner for myself. My mental chatter continued throughout the night. And instead of relishing in my solo evening and taking a bath, I felt so guilty for bailing on my friends that I just sadly ate popcorn alone in bed. My lonely Friday night, however, led to some welcomed self-awareness Saturday morning. I realized my addiction to wellness and improving myself was actually making me quite unwell. It was slowly ruining my relationships and preventing me from real connections because I was too distracted, judging, and altering myself to connect or have empathy for anyone else. It didn't do my work any favors either. My indecision and mental fog heavily impeded my productivity. I'd fit in a Pilates class before staging and then Palo Santoing my room, meditating, journaling, dry brushing, a rigid morning routine that lasted until about noon when I could have used my refreshed morning willpower to start working four hours earlier than I actually did. Even though it left me feeling behind and unproductive daily, I wouldn't allow myself to begin working, even if I wanted to, until I'd completed my excessive morning wellness self-care ritual. Practices that had once given me great satisfaction were now reduced to tasks and chores to check off a checklist, ones that were no longer something I or my body looked forward to. These realizations were uncomfortable to discover, yet illuminating. My attachment to self-improvement had become my identity. I was known to my friends on and offline as someone who valued wellness, fitness, and self-care. I wasn't one who stayed out late, drank often, or ate gluten, but why? Why did it matter? We have so few sensory pleasures as humans. Was denying myself one of them or a couple of them actually healthy or simply an obsessive, superstitious routine? Things felt dire enough that I knew stripping this identity away for the sake of my sanity was not only wise but crucial. If awareness is a step to change, I was on my way. I needed to shed my addiction to the idea of self-improvement to actually improve. Instead of constantly trying to progress, I simply needed to be better at being myself. 
I decided to start immediately. I quit wellness then and there, which might have been the healthiest thing I've ever done for myself. The first step to my unwellness experiment, going out that night. After all, I hadn't moved to New York to spend my evenings solo in my room. So my friend, who ironically owns a healthy chocolate company, became my guide as I embarked on my unwellness excursion. She took me out in our neighborhood for a night of fried food, strong cocktails, and deep conversation. That snowy evening, I felt more cozy than any night alone in my room. We talked late into the night, telling each other secrets, bonding over shared food and drinks, and laughing until our stomachs hurt at things I can't remember now. I went to bed that evening feeling proud, also a little bit dizzy, and the contrast between my lone, boring Friday and my exhilarating, connected Saturday cemented my decision to trade rigid self-care for connection as self-care. However, when I woke up the next morning, it was a different story. The fitness class I was signed up for felt impossible. I late canceled. Meditating made me feel dizzy, and the smell of sage made me nauseous. In fact, most things did. My entire body ached, and after last-minute canceling two podcast interviews I had that day, I attempted to get dressed and leave my apartment, but it just wasn't happening. My magical night out made for a forced day in. I hadn't allowed myself to rest and spend my day that consciously since the last time I had the flu a few years ago. I didn't have a choice but to truly listen to and care for my body instead of pretending by checking out boxes on my rigid self-care to-do list. When I stopped beating myself up, I could surrender to my humanity, find humor in the situation, and even relish in it. There was something liberating about my forced day of simplicity, rest, and ease. My initial frustration of having to cancel plans last minute eventually wore off, and I realized my first hangover was there to show me what presence and body awareness actually felt like. I'm notoriously skilled at ignoring my body when it's hungry, when it's full, when it's tired, and instead living in my head. This day forced me to feel to be in my body and listen to what it actually craved. I couldn't force anything. Sudden movements all made me ill. So I had to let go of my militant routines. Sadly, I never would have allowed myself this level of rest and to cancel plans or to simplify my day if I hadn't been forced to. I applauded myself for tiny wins that day, like texting someone back or writing an email. For once, I wasn't rushing, multitasking, or distracted. Therefore, I could be present enough to be silly, laugh, to connect, to care, and have compassion for people. I'm usually too caught up in my productivity and my to-do list to actually pay attention to myself, much less engage with other human beings in a meaningful way. I had more compassion and patience that day than ever before. I'd already surrendered to the fact that nothing was going to get done, so I could finally just relax. I could simply be rather than constantly do. After napping for most of the day, I finally ventured out late, late in the afternoon. My reason for leaving was to retrieve a chocolate chip cookie from a bakery nearby, the only food that sounded good. While I understood the concept of intuitive eating at that point, I realized I hadn't actually been doing it. As I bit into that gooey, 
chocolate chip cookie in the middle of the street, 100% surrendering to my body's lead, I had an Oprah quality epiphany, an aha moment, if you will. I was like, oh, this is it. This cookie, this day, this is the true meaning of self-care. It isn't that self-care and wellness are wrong or bad. It was just that I was doing them wrong. I made self-care and wellness mean something specific, when in reality, it's an outfit that looks different on everyone. Sometimes it is a yoga class, a face mask, a green juice, but other times it's a hangover, extra sleep, and a chocolate chip cookie. My hangover day was so far away from how I imagined that Sunday going, but once I finally succumbed to the fact that I was letting go of all control and going to have to actually listen to my body, I realized that this new way of looking at self-care for me was the greatest lesson of all. Plans for Saturday night, anyone? The end. That was my article in the fullest in their summer edition that is about addiction. And I think it's hilarious that I, at the beginning, told you all about spending New Year's Eve instead of going out, coming to Kripalu with me. And then I read this article about my, how about my first hangover? But you know, that's, that's life, right? Life is just as much about feeling feelings and experiencing things as it is about staying in and feeling feelings and processing those experiences. That's what I've learned in the past couple of years. And I'm still learning all the time, every day. It's not about being, balance doesn't exist, right? It's about like coming into alignment and feeling really healthy and great. And then it's also about getting sick and then mending and feeling better, getting hungover or getting a cold or traveling or whatever. It's forgetting and remembering, forgetting and remembering, just like in meditation. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know anything, but I do know I love you guys. And I'm really grateful that you listened to this podcast. Let's thank Lola one more time and do likes and learns, shall we? Okay, Lola, thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast. I think you guys are great. I love that you use all 100% organic cotton in your tampons and everything that you make is sustainable and BPA-free. And I love that with every purchase you make, you're doing good because Lola donates to homeless shelters all across the U.S., And those people need feminine care products. And it just makes me so happy that they do that. Their transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes is really wonderful. And unfortunately, not what all brands do. I love Lola. And if you want to get 40% off your order, use the code let it out at checkout. Again, that's 40% off your order using the code let it out at checkout. And remember to check out their sex by Lola line. They have these ultra thin condoms, which I've used, and they have these wipes that are really great and some other products that you'll want to check out. It's the moment that you may or may not have been waiting for. It's the likes and learns segment. I would love there to be a jingle for this section. So with that, if any of you want to give me a Christmas present, a Hanukkah present token, or, you know, just a holiday treat of sorts, I would love for someone to come up with a jingle for LNL. 
LNL, LNL. We got our likes, we got our learns, LNL. I don't know, that's a bad one, but maybe you can come up with a good one or a jingle or a rhyme or something. If you do, I'm going to send you a Christmas present. And actually, I'm going to do that anyway. Christmas present, I don't know why I'm saying Christmas, but holiday present, a Hanukkah present, Kwanzaa present, whatever you celebrate. If you don't celebrate anything all, I'm just gonna send you a gift because I think gifts are really nice. Actually, I have complicated feelings about gifting and thoughts, which I wrote in another fullest article, which I will link to in the show notes. I wrote that one about a year ago as well. My relationship to giving and receiving. If you haven't read that, that link will be in the show notes. My reason I'm bringing up gifting is because my first like for the month, for the episode, is about gift guides. I love me a gift guide, you guys. I like a curated list. And a couple people that I follow on the internet have made them. There's someone, Beth Kirby, who has a blog that I love. She made one. Dearly Bethany, she's a YouTuber who I love, who made several gift guides. A Cup of Joe, Joanna makes gift guides there, and she's done it for years, and I love them so much. And my friend Christine, who's been a guest on this podcast, she has a YouTube channel, and she does a gift guide every year. So I'm going to link to all of their gift guides. And then I made a gift guide that maybe you've already received. If you're on my email list, you already got it. If you're not on my email list, just let me know, and I will send it to you. The link to grab that will be in the show notes. But basically... I made a gift guide of everything on my wish list this year, everything I've liked in 2018, and then also the team here at Let It Out. So Amanda and Megan, who work with me, and Raisa, our intern, they all put everything that they're wanting this year and that they've been liking. So it's a more diverse group than just me because Amanda's a mom, obviously, and Megan and Raisa are younger than me. So it's just a really comprehensive guide that I think you guys will love. Also, like I said, I'm going to be sending a gift to anyone who can come up with a jingle for this podcast. That would be really cool. Feel free to send that along. And also I'm going to do a giveaway where I'm giving someone a package of some of my favorite things. I just want this to be a thank you to you guys for listening. I wish I could send a package to every single one of you listening, and maybe someday I can figure that out. But right now I'm going to just collectively do a giveaway for one of you. In addition to the person who makes the jingle, they will get a gift. And then I'm also going to send a gift to one of you just for listening. So how to enter the giveaway is to leave a review on iTunes because that'd be really nice. And if you haven't done that, like just, you know, that'd be cool and you should do it and make sure you're subscribed on iTunes because subscribing actually really helps the podcast. And then once you do those things, go to my Instagram and comment on the most recent photo, the emoji of your choice that's holiday themed. So actually, let's just keep it easy. Just do the gift. Just do the the box, the gift, the actual gift thing. Just put that there and then shoot an email to, there's so many steps. I'm just coming up with this as I'm going, but this is fine. This is fine. It's not that many steps. And you know, I've got to, I've got to put it together and ship it. And I got some steps too. So it's fine. And then you'll go to your email and you'll make an email to info at katydalebout.com, info at katydalebout.com. And you'll just tell us that you did those things. Maybe you want to link to them or whatever screenshot. I'll believe you, but also, you know, do them (laughs) and then give us your name 
and then we'll email you if you win and we'll get your address, okay? I gave that description in a very long, clunky way, but basically I just want to thank you guys and give you a gift. One other thing I've been liking this month before I get to my learn of the month is hot chocolate. There's a couple that I've been liking in New York that are these non-dairy versions that I really enjoy. One is at Van Leeuwen and my friend Carolina, the one in the article actually, she was laughing at me for how excited I was to go try it. She was like, that's a really great way for a ice cream shop to get people in in the winter when it's freezing. But they have this thing called the hot chocolate float where you can get a scoop of ice cream on top of your hot chocolate. And they also have their homemade coconut whipped cream. Highly recommend. Dr. Smood has a great homemade coconut whipped cream in a hot chocolate as well. I was with Simi, my friend, when she was here a couple weeks ago and we got by Chloe and they have a peanut butter hot chocolate that was also very good. And at Hugh Kitchen, if you're in New York City, they have a pumpkin spice latte situation that is homemade and really good and doesn't have any caffeine. It doesn't actually have coffee in it. So just things to check out if you're in the city. And if not, try the Four Sigmatic. This is not an episode that's sponsored by them, but their Four Sigmatic hot cocoa is really great. I will say though, I like to put two of the packets in at once. And I really like mixing the chai, one chai and one mushroom hot cocoa in with some macadamia nut milk. That's really giving me my at-home version of hot chocolate that I really enjoy right now. All right, that's that. And then here's something that I learned this month. I talk about letting it out in terms of feeling your feelings and allowing them to come out when you feel safe enough for that to happen. My learn for this episode is an analogy that I came up with while I was walking up the stairs to my apartment that is honestly kind of crude. So, you know, if you don't like poop stuff, 30 second forward, that's what the button's for. But here's the thing. When you have a feeling that's uncomfortable, you feel it somewhere in your body. I usually feel it like under my boobs, in my chest. It's uncomfortable. I call it like the chemicals are rushing there. Anxiety, essentially. We don't want to feel it. So we want to cope. We want to turn to our phone or food or controlling food or work or a person or something to distract us, right? And that's fine. We can't always feel our feelings in the moment that they happen. We might have to stuff them down and ignore them. And that's okay. That's okay for a period of time, but eventually you will have to feel it and process it, whether that's with a friend or a therapist or with your journal or all of the above, if you're me. (laughs) But what I realize is you're not wrong for coping. And this is when I liken it to poop. If you're outside and you're in your car and you're driving and you suddenly have to poop or you're in New York City and you're on the subway or whatever, you're in a work meeting and you get that gentle knock where you have to poop, obviously it's better to follow the gentle knock and go to the bathroom. But sometimes that might not be possible. So what do you do? We've all had to do this before. You hold it. It's uncomfortable. Feels really bad. Sometimes you can't. Just comes out right there, which is like a panic attack or shitting yourself. (laughs) But usually when that sensation happens, you can just pocket it down, put it away, not have to worry so much. It's uncomfortable, but it goes away. But eventually the gentle knock will return. 
and you have to let it out. You have to fart, you have to poop, you can't hold it in anymore. And how great does it feel after? You know, that's what journaling is, right? For me, it's letting it out. It's getting those thoughts in your mind that are swirling around, that are causing you anxiety. It's letting them out of your head, getting them onto the page and processing them. All right, that's my analogy. I hope it makes sense to people who aren't me, but let me know. Let me know what you think. If it does make sense, comment the poop emoji on my latest Instagram. It's just going to be a plethora of poop emojis and gift boxes, but I'm cool with that. I love you guys so much. I hope this was helpful or useful or interesting. Let me know about your hangovers and how you experience them. Preferably, I'd like you to let me know in person at Kripalu. The link to sign up for that is in the show notes. Thank you to Lola for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to you for listening. And, you know, we are on a break, but I might be back next week. So I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.